Woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the f***ing money, head? Oh, it's, uh, oh, oh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. I found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then... 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Trip. On a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. Okay, you know, you guys aren't privy to all the new <laughs> so uh, you know, that's what you uh, that's what you pay me for. I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Illinois Nazis. I hate Illinois Nazis. Yeah, let's cut through the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? I lost you $60,000. There is no one who wants to make that money back for you more than I do. There's just one thing, dude. What's that? You have to use so many cuss words. What the f*** are you talking about? Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. I woke up this morning with the sundown shining in him. Found my mind in a brown paper bag, but then I tripped on a cloud and fell eight miles high. I tore my mind on a jagged sky. I just dropped. Well, welcome back, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tim O. Rain Kent on the board. SB Futures down 4.15. NASDAQ Futures down 25 cents. So not much there. The market has gotten has gotten itself into a Kind of a little bit of a range here. Been pretty quiet trade in the last few days. Uh, doesn't make it bad. Just a little quiet. Um, so it's been not been like this for a while, but it, it is now. Uh, we have the the VIX is down to uh, uh, thirteen forty four. Oh, it's up three this morning. Uh, so that's kind of a lower number. It's not traditionally not, not record low or anything like that, but it's it's uh, seemingly calming down before the election run, which is a little strange, but. That's what it's doing. Do we have the professor, Kevin? Good morning. How are you, bud? Two days in a row. Two days in a row. That's probably more than most uh, listeners can stand. Well, you know, it's uh, we have a million different topics, so it's it's all okay. I heard you're. Uh, I was wandering over last night uh, to meet my gang, and uh, I go by the big TV in the Board of Trade building, and I see your buddy Kramer talking about the market, and he said, "The economy couldn't be better, and we've got AI behind us." What could be better? I, I can't imagine it being any better. You know, I'm just kind of uh, uh, busting with pride. Yeah. Of course, I, I may have a, a a different point of view about things when I get the uh, roofing estimate tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well. Uh, or the or the and, and then I got and then I got somebody uh, you know to talk about a a, a new hot water heater and. Uh, um, and possibly water softener on uh, Monday. So, yeah, I'm, I may be um, I may be rethinking the economy about then. Yeah. Well, it may be good for those guys. No, I'm sure it's great for those guys. Um. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's become kind of a different world with any kind of service or anything. In the uh, uh, we kind of celebrated that number yesterday, the PC number, but then we kind of leaked down on the close a little bit. So we ended up. Uh, Dow down in the S&P, down in the NASDAQ up a little bit. Um, so, But today we got kind of a rally in oil, 79.43, uh, and we've got uh, gold up again. Gold is up past 2050, so we've got that going for us. 
uh, it, it just seems, um, I don't know how you can, you know, Kevin, I can't, when you, when you look at all the different stuff, not, not only did shoving a bulge of money into the, into the system, unprecedented amount, not even did wartime did we do that, uh, just, just when I say that, talk about the Civil War, the Union side, I think averaged about a 10% money supply growth per year, which in wartime is pretty friggin' good. They, they issued some greenbacks and so forth, and so the northern economy never collapsed at all. Now, you can talk about the battles and the people dead and the, the victories and all that stuff, and of course, that was a big reason why the war was won from the north. But as usual, there's something going on under the covers. Uh, and under the covers were that the Confederacy pumped a whole bunch of money into the system. And not only that, the, pump, the money they pumped in uh, was easy to counterfeit, so they like probably doubled it. So they were probably 20 25% a year. I get the exact number. I've got the study here. but And it, it, that it tore their economy apart. The Confederate, mo- Confederate money wasn't worth anything. So even even though... Uh, you know, obviously Gettysburg and things like that turned things away in Vicksburg for the for the Union. Uh, the underlying economy, the ability to buy bullets and uniforms and pay people, uh, was all on the side of the North. A lot of it had to do with the way the money was managed. So it's it's not like you know there aren't there aren't historical. But I think what happens, Kevin, is is if you you do this at one time, not only do you cause a problem when pricing. When you go that fast, even all your your normal formula, formulae, plural, where when I was in the, when people were studying monetary theory and you made a monetary move from the Fed, it was considered six you know about a six month lag time, five months, six months, eight, maybe twelve. I mean, if you poured money into the system today, it didn't it didn't really do anything for a while, uh, where it would show up in the statistics. But I think when you poured so much in to where it couldn't even really be absorbed and was coming back at the Fed, I think the absorption is kind of still going on almost. Um, so you're, even though the money supply right now is not growing, it's kind of stable, it was growing last month, it was down this month, uh, It's I think you still have those issues. And I, don't, I think people, like I've been saying now for a long time, it's not the stuff you see every day. It's not the gas and the eggs. It's the stuff... I mean, you don't buy a new water here or every, you know, hopefully it's every 15 years or something, right? Yep. So I mean, that, that's a sticker shack that, you know, because you've been on the show and listened to other people's travails and talked to people, you know, that's going to be a problem. I, and one thing that is... Oh, that, I, Tom, it, it is, but so is the grocery bill. I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm know, not negating Dan, it. Dan, Dan has, has talked about how people have adapted to it, and to some extent I believe that's true. But that doesn't mean that it, it isn't noteworthy every time you go to the store. Um, and, and I think that's that's part of the equation as well, is that it's, it, it, you know, it, it is, you know, pe- people get pissed off once a week about it, you know, at least. Well, the one, the one, the one thing I'll say about, I mean, here's, I'm not, I'm not negating that, uh, Kevin, but I'm saying that, when you go to the store, first of all, there's always lost leaders. There's always those kinds of things. But 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 forget I said that. The, it, there's there's a million items in the store, and, de- and depending on your point of view, I mean, you can be somebody on CNBC and say, "Hey, I just went this week and eggs are down from five bucks to three bucks. The inflation is now." You're going to see price fluctuations up and down 
in the store a lot. What 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 I've noticed is the stuff that is is consistent and packaged stuff. Like your, you know, sometimes for the office if we cook something, I I'll make the uh, the what the, the powdered mashed potatoes or something. They, they, they were a, they were a buck a, a buck a throw. Now they're a buck fifty. And that that's not coming down. But but you're going to see the egg prices go up and down. You see milk prices go up and down. You know you know you can find chicken on sale maybe or someplace. So I mean, I agree with you. But it, the general price level, that's still not the same as you thinking you're putting a new roof on for twenty, and the numbers oh, fifty. No, no, I, I'm I'm yeah. with you on that. Yeah, that's the that that's the big kick in the uh, um, in the canopies. I mean, if you have a family with five kids and you're talking. I never had five kids. I remember living in a place. If I, how many gallons of milk are you talking a week? Ten. So, so if that's a bu- buck and a half or two, yeah, that's a lot. Because you're doing it every single week. Well, and, and it's the basket, Tom. Yeah. Of course, and, and I don't think you're denying that. It, no. it, you know, it, it is. It is the basket, and then that's when you start saying, "Well, I can't buy this anymore." Um, you know, and you know, I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna buy the gallon of ice cream this time because. Uh, uh, we, you know, we we've got to start cutting somewhere. What is what is what does ice cream come in? Half gallons, I guess, right? Well, it comes in a quarts. It comes in half gallons. You can yeah. get the big, huge thing in a gallon if you want. Yeah, you get the big tub. Yeah, but I think I think what ends up happening, Kevin, is it is is the head of White Castle said years and years ago. I mean, literally, if you have a group of, uh, you know, if 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 two of Audrey's pals want to meet us for breakfast on a Sunday. And we go, and you know, coffee, and maybe somebody gets an orange juice, or or somebody gets a tomato juice, and you can't find an omelet for under twelve, fifty, thirteen bucks. I mean, you're you're talking seventy five hours. Yet I can I can go to the store, I can buy two dozen eggs, and, and all the bacon I want. All well, bacon's got is pretty expensive. I can cook up the world's best breakfast for fifteen bucks. You know, maybe twenty at most. I mean, it, the, the difference is dramatic. Now, now that's all heat, that's taxes. It, this, this all piles into the overhead in these places has to be absolutely dramatic because they're not making that much money. It's not like they're all getting rich. But, I mean, I, I, you know, one of the things that we had uh, two people, uh, one of the guys in the office, I mentioned this yesterday, got his tax bill and his house went from 11 to 20. And, uh, and this is with the senior discount, for God's sake. And one of the other dudes has a condo up in... Uh, what do you call that area? It's like Kedzie and Fullerton. What is that? It's not. It's not uh, Wicker Park anymore. It's something. I don't know what the hell's name of it. Um, I know it's a nice area, but you can't get there from here. Every time I drop the guy off at home, it's like 15 lights to get home a mile and a half. Uh, anyway, so I said, well, you know, did you get your tax bill? And he goes, well, yeah. And I said, was it? Oh, yeah, it wasn't up that much. It was 2,200 last year, and it's 3,000 this year. This guy's got an apartment. I said, what are you talking about? It's not that much. It's 40 percent. Oh yeah, but it's you know it's only 800 bucks. I'm like, Okay, <laughs> I get, I, but these numbers are they're and they're not even they're not even in the in, I don't think they're in the PCE are they that the Fed's looking at uh, local taxes. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, I, I don't know the makeup of that, but it, it but I would agree. You know, how how do you measure that when taxes go up at a different rate everywhere? That that's you know that that's that's a little bit of a challenge, and then you know we've talked on the show a lot about all the uh, fees that come into play that um, you know they're, they're, they're their own special kind of tax so even if you do know even if you do allow for property tax rates um, you know who's allowing for some stupid fee you have to pay to uh, um, 
you know, whether it's to put you put a boat in the water, whether it's a fishing license, I mean, you name it. We, yeah. You go down and, and, you know, they're they're all part of it. Or, you know, what does it cost you to uh, take your family to a state park? <laughs> why, why is there this big, massive disconnect between the people we have in office and the citizenry? When, when they, they haven't even been there that long. <laughs> They've been there a year. There's just... There's this huge disconnect. Is it, is it? Is it? Is it? They just salivate so much to get money for themselves. They just think everybody else has so much, or what is it? I mean, I think that's part of it. But I think part of it is it's just there's there's a whole culture. It, you know, let's just talk about Washington, let alone a, a Springfield or Indianapolis or you know wherever. Um, but there's there's a culture that runs around that, and I, I think you know I think in many cases it's people don't. It, don't go in thinking you know this is this is what I, I expect my life to be like, but you you do get absorbed in it just like you would going to work at some place. You know it doesn't take long for you to say how do I fit in? What do I have to do to fit in here? And you start living and thinking that way. On top of that, um, you know the the culture uh, when to run for office takes it takes an ego. You know, there, there just aren't, you know, it, it takes a substantial ego to stand up in front of large groups of people and say, let me be your leader. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, but I think a lot of people will go to the state legislature, certainly to Congress, very impressed with themselves. And so that's part of the culture, too, is that, you know, that people don't, they, 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 you start to think that, this uh, entitlement class is normal, and it's not. Well, I find a. Does that make sense? Does that sound? Yeah, like I, I don't think it's somehow, Kevin. I, I don't think it's uni- I don't. I don't know where the boundaries are, and that's what I keep searching for on the show with the listeners, and and uh, obviously we have tremendous guests, and uh, we have had we've had guests in the past, and hopefully we'll get some of them back as uh, we. Now we have more stability in our in our producers and stuff. Um, I, I, I don't understand where the, where the line is. I mean, you look wait, at, wait, wait, wait. You're saying we have stable producers? A uh, little more stable than we were for a while. <laughs> Except for that Greg guy. He's not very he's stable. A, he's a, well, what about this Ryan dude? <laughs> well, Ryan, Ryan, the jury's out on him. What do you think of a guy that goes to the Dunkin' Donuts and doesn't get your coffee? Do you oh, what the hell kind of a man are you? I don't know. He comes back with two huge bags, and I'm like, where's my coffee? Well, no. Tom, I can get you coffee. That's not a big deal for me. Um, I, I would hope you're <laughs> capable, yeah. It's a, anyway, the... Uh, anyway, just we're, giving you a hard time. Just give you a hard time, right? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We just, just let me know what you want at the break. Oh, God. Oh, no, <laughs> uh, but but I, I would... Uh, there was a, a state... I don't know if she's a senator or a rep, uh, lady from uh, Portage, Indiana, there. And... Uh, we're not talking about somebody, how can I say this, nice, but as nice as it can be, very, very bright. Uh, she was, you know, five feet, so she's not going to be, uh, you know, the, the, the you know, the, the five foot eleven towering person that's going to get on, you know, on a national stage and give some big speech. She was a representative, like I guess I don't know if it was representative or senator, for, I'm going to say 20 years, Kevin. I'm doing the, I mean, I'm not best friends with her or anything. But actually, like last summer, we had some party. And the music was so loud. <laughs> I said, "I'm going outside," and she was sitting there. But her, I said, "I must talk to her for an hour and a half." I there 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 was no pretense whatsoever 
of her being your like leader it was your it was the person you elected to do the job for you she, she the attitude was was not at all like some of the pompous asses we have here was was wasn't like that at all and I, and I said you know what was it like she goes you know on, on one level it was an amazing amount of hard work if you want to do the job right she goes for my first eight years I was on the uh, highway committee she goes you know you know complicated all these all these uh, contracts you let out for these people and all the stuff you have to watch out for in there to people shove in there she goes, if you're gonna do your job you're studying this stuff all night long and then all of a sudden I you know I got pretty good on that and I was you know maybe the co-chair or something and they said they said you know we need somebody in the the, the medical whatever that is committee she goes that was I was like I was starting over I didn't I didn't know how all these people got paid and how the Medicaid worked and the Medicare she goes that was another graduate school education to do it right I never I never heard of one pretense at all out of this lady that man I'm a, I'm a big shot you know my, my, my bleep doesn't stink and I'm down there and I'm telling you what to do I, there, there wasn't a shred of it Kevin and I think there's a lot of people that are like that maybe from certain areas I don't think they're all schmucks yeah, but then again the line is and if, then suddenly across the state line <laughs> well, but now all of a sudden if she were to say if somebody said you know I forget what her name I think her name was Carol so Carol, you should run for state rep. Okay, now, now she does that. She gets to Washington like Carl's friend. And after a term or two, you go, wait a minute, all I'm doing is sitting on the end of the bench. If I don't vote Republican or Democrat for my group, even though they never talk to me and get my opinions on anything, I'm just, I mean, what am I doing down here? I'm, I'm, a, I'm the ass end on three committees that aren't worth a crap. I don't I don't get to do anything. I'm not, I'm not providing any leadership whatsoever. Or... You hang in there for the third or the fourth term, or wherever the line in the sand is, to where you get a little bit, po- a little bit of power. All of a sudden, people start pouring money at you, think they have you bought, and all of a sudden, you got a committee chair someplace, and now you're one of the people we can't wait to throw out. I, I, I don't, I don't know how you. There, somehow, there's like the Rubicorn here. <laughs> for those that know Latin, you weren't supposed to cross the Rubicorn with your troops. And Caesar, that, that would be yeah. the Rubicon. The Rubicon, Rubicorn yeah. Is something from Iowa. Rub- yeah, Rubicorn's from Iowa. Uh, but I, <laughs> but I. I uh, you know, I'm saying I don't know where the line is here, and I, and, I, and I sense that the money is pouring further down into the state legislature, and that's why I, I don't think that I'm not against term limits. I think they won't do any good. It just run, drives the money further down. But people get it, you know, before they're even running their first time. And well, that, theoretically, when it, when everything is driven further down, it's closer to the people who really have more say over what happens. It's just that you know we've we've worked really really hard. To dumb down our population. So, <laughs> well, when when Karen was running for uh, Bobby Rush's seat, and the last two weeks, a million and a half dollars dropped on Jesse's kid's lap from uh, the Bitcoin guy, it, it turned that election. The, the 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 people didn't get a chance to react fast enough on that. I'm saying it 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 just if I'm this on the trading floor, they used to call about this all the time. What's what's the workaround? Whatever, whenever some new lord come in or some new rule. All of a sudden, I can only give a thousand dollars to McConnell, okay, and I'm Pfizer. Okay, who's who's running for the next rep spot? I'm going to give him a thousand. Or, or and, time and, time to form a pack then. Yeah, time to let me let me find a guy who's. I, I want him by the time he gets to some spot. I don't mind spraying a thousand dollars off all the new state senators in Illinois because one of those guys someday is going to be a legislator. I want him to know that I've always been behind him the whole way. I mean, whatever it is, there's a workaround, right? Unless unless people are dishonest enough to not let it happen. But I, so I, I don't. I don't really know the solution, Kevin. I, I wish I did. It, you're right. Some people could become total pompous asses. 
Some people don't. I mean, I, and I don't know how... I honestly believe that the World War II group never kind of got there because they they knew they were in the same foxhole as the other guy. Now people don't think that at all, that they're that sort of the same as the other guy. I mean, no, and, and what, you know, you see that in Washington, too. If you if you went to the right schools, you you know, the, you know you're dealing with that, too. Um, because I got into the right school, I must be a better class of person. Um, it, you know, it's... It, ultimately, uh, you know, let me, let me put it this way. I, um, over the years, there were... Um, as as I was covering basketball, Notre Dame basketball, most of them are you know most of the basketball players are pretty boring and you know they don't really don't have a lot to. Well, they're twenty uh, year old kids. Yeah, they're twenty year old kids. But sometimes you find someone who was really insightful. Tory Jackson was one of those. Rex Fluger was a guy like that. And Rex, you know, I once asked him, uh, you know, uh, about leadership and you know what he's. Because I, I like to, the guys who become the team leaders, I, I like to ask them what they've learned about being a leader since they kind of got into the role, given a little time, what, what have they learned? And, uh, and I've gotten some really good stories out of that over the years and some really good insights. But the first thing Rex said to me was, the first thing you need to know to be a good leader is you're no better than anybody else. And, oh, yeah. and I thought that, that was kind of an interesting point of view about it. You're no better than everybody else, because that sort of says you're there to serve them. You know, if, if, if uh, you're not there to to be the smartest person in the room, well, what's left? Well, what's left is to serve people, is to help people be uh, better at what they do. And uh, and and I really, you know, once in a while, you you would get those kinds of insights out of out of people, and I I think it's kind of cool to see. But you're right. Uh, not everybody is, uh, is is slime. At least not when they get there. But by the time, uh, you know, by the time, uh, another guy uh, used to used to work as a corp counsel. Uh, he worked with Bob Golden for a while when you know Bob was fresh out of law school, and um, and he used to say the only thing worse than government lackeys are government lackeys' bosses. Well, yeah. I mean, but I even uh, I don't I don't pretend to know. The history of, uh, you know, Joe Biden at all or his family. I, 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 I get this feeling, though, Kevin, from listening to Carl and listening to other people, even Wayne Madsen and so forth when he's come in. I get this feeling that in the beginning, he just was a schlump that took the train there and was a representative. And, and, and all of a sudden, somebody somewhere, maybe even it took his son to tell him, geez, you know, Pops, you're hanging here for your representative salary and you're sleeping in your office looks to me like every around here has got dough except you. I mean, what's the matter with you? I mean, it, it almost reaches the point where the other guys are picking up tabs every night and, and, you, and, you're, and you're going to White Castle to eat. I mean, it's, I mean if you were a, a, a representative back in our day, when I say our day, when the guys who were, those that don't know, the, the generation that's now pretty much out uh, daily, and I, th- I think Madigan, I'm not sure, that whole generation got off the the they basically got off their 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 you know their college cot one day and, and we we were in I don't even think you were in high school Kevin I'm gonna say I was a sophomore somehow or another and I have no idea the history of this um, Illinois decided they they were gonna have a constitutional convention and the weird part was Kevin and I, I can't imagine people voting for this in, in this day and age 
nobody could go to the convention that had ever held a public office before. They wanted totally new people. I mean, can you imagine that today? You want people there that are not bought? So all these uh, guys... I, I can't imagine it. But yeah, I, I actually, you know, one of my uh, friends to this day, a friend who uh, I went, I went uh, was a high school chum, uh, his his dad was uh, one of the ConCon people. And virtually all those guys and, became... And, and a longtime uh, judge after yeah. that. I said that they became... You know, by the time you get your your first time you see your name in somebody else's yard, and people voted for the guys in their neighborhood or ladies that they, and virtually the entire next generation of not everybody, of of political leaders in the area, be it judges and aldermen and name it, were people that came from there. I'm going to say a, a, a strong percentage of them because they got their their teeth wet at an early age, at you know in their twenties. Most of these guys were. And some of the dudes, like Marty Russo, was one of those guys. And there was another Italian guy with the, uh, he was the, the, the uh, district right over from us. M- Marty was our guy. And somehow or another, Illinois lost some population. And the two two were best friends. They ended up having to run against each other. <laughs> that didn't work out so well. <laughs> I don't think they've ever, they ever talked well, after. Former best friends yeah. after that. But, I mean, our, our buddy Doc, you know what I'm talking about, said, yeah. you know, whenever Marty wanted to go play golf, Marty was a guest at Beverly. He was a guest at Ridge. He didn't have any dough. His, his class out of law school, and he was a smart guy, if he'd have gone to a law school, a, a, a law, what do you want to call him, a, a legal firm, he'd have been up to, you know, we're talking 1979, 80, he'd have been up to 80 or 100 grand a year, or 75. At that time, I think the, the reps were getting paid, what, 25, 30? And you had two houses, or else you had to sleep in your office. He goes, the guy's broke. Now, somehow along the line, if that guy's there for 10 terms, he's going to say, what am I doing? Everybody everybody I you know, I went to class with has got a big house and got a family, and I'm sitting here. Wife's beat me over the head with a skillet every time I come home saying, hey, you, know, you got no dough. What's this job you've got? I either either got to get on the take or, or, some, or something has to start to happen. It, I mean, George Stigler, the Nobel Prize winning teacher I had at the University of Chicago, he said it, it's so illogical. In those days, you paid an alderman. Like nothing, okay? Now, whatever. He says, you, you pay people nothing because you think they're stealing, and if they're stealing, you're pissed off at them. Or they can't make a living. If they don't, or they can't make a living, they don't steal. He goes, no, no system could be more bleeped up. You, you pay them nothing because you think they're stealing. So if they are stealing, you're mad. If they aren't stealing, you wonder why they're broke. <laughs> or nobody wants the job if they're not. It, it's, it's, totally, it's, it's a totally illogical system, wouldn't you say? Yeah, well, it is, and in in the case of the president, you know, a couple of things just to comment because you, you mentioned you mentioned him along the way. One is if he's just regular Joe from Scranton or from Delaware or wherever the hell he's uh, you know uh, claims to be from, how did he get so rich? How did he get that beach house? And well, that's uh, what I'm saying. Somewhere along the line, uh, so he, you got to ask that. And it wasn't Hunter. Hunter's just a bag man. He, you know, this is. I mean, we, you, you talk about everybody likes to talk about. Well, see, this is just the father and his love for his son. Oh. Oh yeah, oh yeah, his 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 son. He took his drug addicted son and said, "You're going to be the bagman." It's a it's the brother. It's it's Uncle Jim there. That's the uh, that's the brains behind the outfit. Well, what I'm saying is, I don't. Somewhere along the line, we seem to know that happens. You either you either jump into the pool where you have all this power and all this money from someplace, or you say the hell with it, like with the. The guy was a senator from Illinois after six terms as a Fitzgerald. I thought he was pretty straight. After six years, he goes, I want no part of this, and he left, right? 
Now, so yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there, somewhere in, in there, there's there, there's 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 a place you got to put your toe. That you either want to or you don't. And once you cross, it seems like you're, you know, you're 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 no, you're no longer you don't no, no longer represent the people who sent you. You represent who's ever now paying you. It, it seems to me now. Well, I'm, maybe that's too that's too naive of a, of a way to look at it, but I'm not so sure it's all that wrong, Kevin. No, I'm not sure it's wrong either, Tom. SP futures down 550, and NASDAQ futures down two. We uh, normally, since it's the first day of March, would have labor numbers, but once in a while they don't do it on the first, and this is one of those once in a whiles. Uh, the labor numbers are not till next week. We'll be right back, Stacks and Jackson. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR innovation and human resources licensed in illinois and hello Arizona. this is tom Howell, the chief confused about investing these days i suspect you are not alone investing was never easy although at times it may have seemed so i think one reason behind the current concern although maybe not explained as such is how the fluctuation in the american dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth it may not be enough to make some money in your investments you may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks. Jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here. Right now. Right here, right now, right now. Jackson, Jackson, I'm Tom Right on the board. SP Futures now 475. And that futures unchanged, uncha- unched, as we used to say in the trading report. Dow Futures down 72 over in Asia. We have individual stacks to Dow. I don't really see anything going crazy. I got Amgen up 286. Uh, we got Chevron Texaco up 91 because oil's up a little bit. I don't see anything down here. Uh, Microsoft's down at $1.38. Anyway, the future's down $72. Uh, in Asia, we got the Nikkei up $7.44. It's almost 2%. Closes just shy of 40000 record level. It's uh, amazing with a little more money in the system. I wonder, I wonder if these Chinese are going to have to down, uh, devalue this. We'll, we'll see. Hang Seng up at 78.5%. Shanghai up 11.4%. That's going to rock the world a little bit if that happens. Over in Europe, we've got the DAX up 86.5%, FTSE up 46.6, K 
Kek around down one, call that unchanged. Um, so the world is uh, seemingly bullish, and we're not, at least at least not yet. Uh, yesterday, Dow was up 47, S&P up 26, Nasdaq up 144, so we had a bullish day yesterday uh, after a couple of bad days. Uh, 10-year yield down one basis point, 4.24. The bond up three basis points, 2.44. Japan unchanged, 0.72. Yesterday, yeah, we had the PCE number, which is such a joke, it's not even funny. Nobody knows how, who, who does it. Nobody knows what, what the, the uh, detail is. The Fed kind of controls it, and then they say it's their number. Right? So I'm like, really? Am I in third grade? Oil at buck 20, 79, 46 on its way to 80, maybe. Rent up a dollar 21, 83, 12. Natural gas unchanged, 186. It was quite a buy at 168. I'm not, I'm not sure about here. Arbob up two cents, 260. Uh, foreign exchange, still right at 108 on Europe. And a 126.4 on the pound, so not much movement there. Uh, gold up 780, 2062, finally over 2050. We'll see if it stays there. Silver up 4 cents, 2292. Copper unchanged, 283. And we have Bitcoin, which is absolutely on a tear. It's uh, quiet today, only up 80 bucks, but still 62,235. Hey, let's, let's, blow, let's run an artificial stack up there. Bitcoin, tulips, what's the difference? I didn't really say that today. Ryan, what do you got for us, Trevi Willard Sports? Hello, everybody. Uh, if we can just kick off the sports thing, uh, no surprise to anybody, the Blackhawks got smoked 0-5 by the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, in other disappointments, the Cubs lost to the Rockies 9-10. However, the White Sox beat the Kansas City Royals 6-1, so at least we got that going for us in the preseason. In Big Ten news, Ohio State beat Nebraska 78-69, and Rutgers beat Michigan 82-52. Ouch. But, you know, there's always that little consolation. We'll see how things wind up in the future, won't we, Tom? Well, what do you think, Kevin Durant, Durant Howard on the way out? Um, don't know, but uh, he's, you know, he pissed off a lot of people along the way when he was successful, so uh, he might be in a precarious position. And, and no mention of our uh, beloved fighting Irish women uh, knocking off number five last night? We're going to have to educate Ryan on that a little bit. Yeah, I can read up on that. Promise. Yeah. You can read up on that. Yeah, they knocked off the number five team in the country. Why don't you do a quick weather, Ryan, to get us back on here? Uh, absolutely. All right, quick little weather. Right now in Chicago, it is currently above freezing at 33 degrees with a future high of 46 today. Right now in Phoenix, Arizona, it is 54 degrees with a brisk high of 80 degrees. Right now on the inbound Kennedy from O'Hare to I-290, uh, we're looking at a 22-minute arrival time. Inbound Edens, we got 24 minutes. Inbound I-290 from Thorndale to I-9094, 30 minutes. And the inbound Dan Ryan Expressway, uh, also looking at 16. Inbound Stevenson from I-355 to the Dan Ryan, looking at about 30 minutes of travel time. So as of now, nothing terribly out of bounds, but get in while you can. Back to you, Chief. The uh, Kevin, I mean, I think a lot of... Uh people, I, maybe to, to your credit, by the way, um, sort of have no idea of all of the intricacies of what exactly is a money situation in this in this town. I mean, we, we talk about these two new stadiums that people are, are shooting for now. It's not about whether the stadium makes any money or whether the, the population gets hosed. It's about who gets this contract, who gets this contract. One of the people here who is... Uh, I'll say they're they're in Washington, and have been there for a while. Won't use any names. When they first started to run, it was going to be this. I'm I'm going to be the straightest man that ever walked. Okay, I'm not going to take any money for this, that, and the other thing. And 
And, and, and in general, I'm not so sure that by that definition, um, he hasn't, he or she. Uh, but sure enough, a year or two into the reign, you learn about all this stuff. Uh, there was a, a, a client that I had years ago. He came in one morning, and we were, John and I were on the score, for God's sake. It was that long ago. And he sits down, and he says, what are you doing this for? I said, the market's really tough. It's tough to trade. People, most people always always know a guy or know a guy or know a guy that did, did better. You're never going to satisfy everybody. He goes, why don't you just, he goes, you don't know, know, know enough people. Why don't you get yourself a contract to do laundry at the prison or to clean up, you know, a Secretary of State facility. You and I could play golf every day. It, it, it's it's a, it's a lifetime of not you know you're not going to be a gazillionaire, but you're never going to have to work again. Because <laughs> this is this is what your your connection should get you. I I could never do that, John. And yet, and yet this this guy who ran for this office and he's still there, he or she. I, I had no idea. This is before. We can stop the he or she pretense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I blew that one, did I? Uh, anyway, so. Uh, now Ryan would have no idea what the hell I'm talking about and I didn't know either at the time that one of the most lucrative things to have would be the person who who uh, had the contract for like the 25 phone coin operated phones at like the Rock Island station it, I I guess if I'd have thought about it I'd have known well for those before cell phones which most people don't I mean if you're if you're you know, you're down here, you had an extra drink, and you're, you're, you're coming on the next train, you had to call the wife, right, or she'd be mad at you for a month. So you had to get on one of these phones. Well, it may have been a quarter to call Chicago, but if you live in Napertucky, it might have been 250 right? <laughs> so you're pouring quarters into this thing. Or you're reversing the charges, which is even worse. And then it was probably 5 bucks. Those things were one of the most lucrative spots in the city. People were fighting over those things. And, and now somebody look at you and go, what are you talking about? Why Why would anybody care if they own the coin-operated phone? Kevin, that thing was probably worth, you know, $500 a night per phone. <laughs> you know, you think of these little things are, that are around that you don't even think about. And yet if you're in the right spot, how lucrative it is. I mean, what do you, what do you suppose that the, the people who have the... Uh, the contract at Wrigley, for, for, you got to walk through the X-ray machines. What do you suppose that contract's worth? I mean, oh, it, just uh, just for the machine maintenance alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah just for the machine. I mean, it's I mean, this this stuff. None none of it is 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 a competitive bill. Maybe some of it is. I mean, the Ricketts are probably pretty good at that. Uh, but I mean, Reinsdorf's family is involved in in virtually every stadium that's been built in the last however many years in something. You know, be it the cameras or be it something. I don't blame them. It's, it's not like they shouldn't do that. Why shouldn't they? Uh, you know, if you, especially if you're good at it, why why wouldn't you? But I'm saying after, after you left my uh, class Tuesday night, we spent some time talking about bid rigging schemes. You know, how's the designated winner work? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, did it, you have a did you have Father Fitzgerald for any of your economics classes? No. Nope. Nope. He was. Well, he was, I, was he, I was in the business college, so I didn't take uh, liberal arts economics except for the required macro and micro courses. Well, Ryan, this guy was a. Uh, you know, he, he just died a while ago. He was like 108 or something. <laughs> he was a tough old bird. I'll say that for him. Um, he uh, we're talking. And he, he the course was on was on unions and it was on antitrust and it was on you know bid rigging and so forth. What was the the state that had uh, the, they had four contractors that would bid for all the expressways and stuff, all the, all the highway work. Uh, 
and uh, everybody had their phase of the moon. And if, and if the bid the bid day was on your phase of the moon, you got to be twenty bucks higher or lower than the next guys. They all yeah. come in. They all come in with a million dollars. You come in with like you know, nine seventy five or something, and you got well, and some. Some of those are obviously wrong and insidious, but then you know there are price fixing schemes that people sort of innocently don't realize. You know, or or maybe they do, but you know, I, I don't. You know, you probably go OBS, but you know, there's people who's you know who will have conversations with competitors about pricing and go, you know, we just shouldn't do this or we just. This is this is all stuff that is illegal, and you know, from from me as a uh, you know teaching a business course, I have to make sure that people say you know they know that the minute those conversations come up, alarm bells have to go off, and you have to consult your attorney. You know, well, this you, is, you don't have to consult this, your attorney. You know, you shouldn't be talking about it. Well, yeah, and and so you know th- that's kind of the best I can do for a lot of students is say just know when it's time to start asking the expert. <laughs> you don't you 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 may or may not have expertise yourself, but there's some there's some point in time when you have to say, "Ooh, this is not a place I should be wandering. I need to consult somebody." No, it, nobody. It, 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 this could be your HR person. This could, you know, it, it depends on the circumstance, obviously. But you you know you have to know uh, enough about law to start saying, "Oh, alarm bells." Well, Duke go. Chapman, who's chairman of the CBO and a good guy. You didn't have to. He didn't have to ask his attorney to see if it was appropriate to call the Amex and figure out a way to, to wait, raise uh, raise fees. He he knew you can't do that. Or you yeah, and, and I I realize that there's a lot of people who are very savvy and really do have a, a full understanding of the law. But at the very least, you you know, okay, you're going to say I'm not I'm not a I'm not an attorney. Good, you're not now. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, do you know when to call yours? Well, Father Fitzgerald said something about if you, if if four people from the same from comp- a competitive industry go to play golf, they never make it to the fourth tee without talking about some kind of price fixing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. So, so I mean, anyway, so I mean, you, there's there's stuff you don't even realize is is a gold mine you, you, that you walk by every day, and you 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 know even uh, uh you know the, the like the people who put the um the vending machines in. They just fired all, if you take the, the metro here in Chicago, before, well, they used to have people in all the stations. Well, that went the way the Dodo Bird a while ago. But still, if you walked up to LaSalle Street Station or Union Station, you walked up and bought a ticket or a monthly from a person. Well, now three weeks ago, they fired all those people. And now there's there's a, you know, a, a vending machine, essentially, for your tickets. I, I have to believe, Kevin, we would love that vending machine contract. And at the end of the day, I'm not so sure the vending machine contract is cheaper than the people. I'd like to have to see it. It ought to be, but I don't know that it would be necessarily to you. Well, how, how about parking meter? Uh, you know, yeah, well, that's, that's another. Uh, that's a, that's another. How you know you, you start looking at these things, and you know when when you actually give it a second thought, that's when you start saying, "Oh, duh." <laughs> you know? well, plus, you don't have. I mean, I, I like to stop at. Uh, I mean, one of my favorite spots here in Chicago. It's a, it's a great little bar because of the people that are in there. It's Club Lago. It's on Superior. I'm not saying if you should go there. Have dinner tonight or anything, but for me, Kevin, it's one—it's one spot you would love it because you can go in and sit down at the bar by yourself, and within two minutes, you're either talking to an architect because that block is loaded with with architects or lawyers. You're talking to somebody who's representing police people. You're talking about an architect who's building some school you just went by and are dying to talk to the guy. It's—it's it's a great spot. Well, now it's 
11 bucks to park in front of the place. Okay, that's that's interesting. You know, and I, you know, a couple of glasses of wine, they, they used to be $7 before COVID, now they're 11 All right, so I get two glasses of wine, maybe a sandwich, and uh, leave a nice tip. Where, where am I going with this? I'm 60 bucks, 65 hours. That's a little rich. I mean, it better you, you, be a damn good conversation. Yeah, it better be. And I, know, I mean, I'm sitting there going, I mean, does the city have any idea of how many times somebody like me passes? Now, the, now granted, they're, they're, they're charging tax to the restaurant as well. Property taxes, which are somewhat based on income, right? Uh, especially for a business. And, and sales taxes. And yet, they're taxing me to park, so maybe out of seven urges I get to stop in there for a glass of wine and a sandwich, I stop once. Well, does anybody go through the calculation of what the other six has actually cost them? Because I don't feel like paying the bleeps $11 to park for an hour and a half. I mean, I mean you can't just keep charging the restaurateur a bunch of dough because he's so successful and then charge everybody who goes anywhere near the place so much money that, that he doesn't is nowhere near as successful as he was. I mean, at some point, you're, you're, you're killing yourself here, right? Well, yeah, and, and you know, I, I know that because that's, that's working in the government, and I work for a public school, therefore I work for the government. Um, and so I, I can tell you that they strictly look at cost, and, and, people, and, and people proposing things aren't very good at this either. And, and, you know, saying, well, we need, we need, here's what it's going to cost, you know, come on, guys. What's the revenue side of it? You know, what, what's what's the revenue side of adding a full-time professor? Um, you know, well, I don't know. Let's see. Let's let's put fifteen kids, fifteen students per class times uh, one hundred eighty dollars per credit hour. Um, you know, let's do some math here. <laughs> you know, and and we don't do that well. Government in general doesn't do it well. Government looks at either immediate revenue, which is the tax increase. Or they look at cost, but they do not look at uh, they don't do not look at business cases. They just don't. Well, I think there needs to be I mean, on that level. I mean, the city between the parking meters that you mentioned and uh, Chicago Skyway and Millennial Park, those kinds of places. There, there, there's there's a flaw in that if if you uh, if all of a sudden we were you know big swinging whatever's uh, with with cash and you wanted to give money to uh, Notre Dame, River Chicago. I necessarily would not, but uh, if I ever did, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give those bumps a dime that they could do something with. Or, because all I want you to do is give it to the general fund, right? I would say, look, I'm, I'm going to give you guys a million dollars. I'm going to. I guess I'll even build a building. At least I know where it's going. Or I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to endow a professorship, where the money stays separate and all it does is pay for that professor for you know forever. Well, it used to be. Uh, I think when I was in Chicago, Kevin, and the interest rates were like 11, 11%, you could, you could endow a professorship for like four hundred and fifty grand, because that was forty five grand a year, which is what those guys made back then, maybe not even that. So well, did you do it? No. But, but, I mean, but, but now... That's wrong with you. You could, you could have legacy, Tom. Well, I, didn't, I didn't really have four hundred grand when I was going to school. <laughs> but I'm saying, what do you suppose that number is now with the interest rates? Because the guy's got to be making what, 125, and at 5% interest, which just showed up, what's what's the number? Two mil. I mean, it's it's. But anyway, 
the, the city, when Mayor Daley sold the parking garage, this is this is the real bitch. There there ought to be an account, or if you sell off an asset owned by the city, that the asset goes into, you know, give it to PTI Securities for God's sake, and we'll, you know, how, how conservative you want us to be, we'll put it in T bills for you. Whatever you want us to do, we'll do it, and uh, and you know that money. The income every year should trickle to the city. You don't get to take the whole amount, take it to current this year while you're while you're the mayor and say you've got a balanced budget. Now the next guy not only is bleep out of luck, he doesn't have the thing to sell anymore. They 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 took these these sales of assets and took it into current revenue. Well, that that dog doesn't hunt. That should be a state law, I would think, or something. Yet it doesn't. These guys can do whatever they damn well please. It appears. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun stuff. Uh, yeah, it, because everything is uh, everything is a cash accounting. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it, you know. So yes, it, it doesn't. Uh, it, it that doesn't make much sense to do it that way. But that's the way they do it. Hey, different subject. Do you realize that you know you have things like school districts and uh, uh, oh uh, uh, municipalities are now asking for tax increases. Why? Because they have budget shortfalls, they they have to replace the COVID money that they don't get anymore. Right. Oh yeah. Well, they, so, they pissed that away. They didn't, they didn't say yeah, anything. Yeah, now that's been institutionalized into their budgets, and they think they should have it coming. They think they should have that money coming every year. Yeah, so it's exactly my point. Exactly my point. The million dollars you got for that should have been put somewhere. And over the next forty years, you got to use twenty grand a year or something. Or or used for a one-time event. You know, uh, you know, whatever the the one-time event was, that something that that is relief, that is relief for all the crap that we did to people. Um, and but nope, nope, nope. It's it's annual operating expense now. Well, I think this the states. I mean, Illinois' budget looks a hell of a lot better than it did five years ago. But that, like you say, that's that's draining. Going away. It's going away. I mean, uh, it's and 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 it's all it was all printed money too. It wasn't. You know, it's 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 so bizarre, Kevin. You think of it at, at the at the at the base level, okay? If if you're Caesar or or you're Biden or you're Trump, and somebody walks in and says, you know, I really got a problem. Uh, my kid has this or this or that other thing, or somebody bashed into my car or truck and they they took off. And by the way, my insurance lapsed. I forgot to send them a check. Whatever it is, it would be so easy to walk in the back room and say, say, Kevin, how much you need? I don't know, five grand, and go in the back, just turn on the press, give you the five grand. You're the happiest. You got somebody's vote forever, I would hope. Uh, and just say, but now in a country this size, what have you done? You've done nothing. You, you, you peed in Lake Michigan, right? It made no difference. But you start doing that a little more often, all of a sudden, even the five grand they gave you is an increase in the money supply, and now you're going to go out and you're going to buy something maybe, or maybe you outbid somebody somewhere for something, Whatever it is at an auction or something, because you've got the dough in your pocket, you, you keep doing that, and all you do, all of a sudden, all the other people that aren't getting the dough are sitting there going, "Wait a minute, why, why are these prices going? Where's this money coming from? Why, do, why does everybody have all this dough?" Well, a lot of people got a lot of dough. It, it wasn't like, "Here's what we'll do, Kevin. We're gonna, we're gonna give everybody, you know, two bucks or something." They, they, they gave everybody a check, right? But it was nowhere near the kind of money they gave other people. I mean, does anybody think? With the inflation that it was caused, whatever we get in total, four grand, five grand from the government, does anybody think that was a good deal? 
that you haven't spent. Yeah, you have. I'm going to guess. Most most people don't make that connection. But you're going to pay. I hope not, since you're my buddy. You're gonna you're gonna give at least that five grand back on your roof and water heater. You bet. By the way, you got a guy? You need me to send you a guy? No, I got a guy. Got a guy? I got a guy. Uh, so is the water heater going to come off the back of a truck, pay cash, or that kind of guy? Uh, <laughs> I'll go pick it up if necessary. Oh, God. Um, the guy, there's a guy under the bridge there. Hey, buddy, buddy, come here. You want a water heater? <laughs> I actually did one of the furnaces in the place. The guy did come down the alley in a truck, and I paid cash. I mean, I don't know where the hell the thing came from. Um, I think it was legit. I hope it was. Uh, yeah, oh, sounds legit. Sounds legit, yeah. <laughs> um, whatever, you know, it's... Well, you know, a lot of, a lot of times happens is uh, people... If if you go into the... Sometimes some companies, you still can only get the real the real brand at the plumbing supply house or or the heating supply house and the stuff you get like at Menards or Home Depot is like a, it's like a second almost. There's still brands that do that. I think the hot water heaters are like that, still. Um, but there are, there are guys that will go get them at the plumbing supply house and sell them to you. Um, whatever, and, and you get maybe the plumber's discount, which is what they paid for it. You know, so it it isn't all crooked uh, necessarily. Um, but, but what yeah, I uh, what do you make of? I mean, Mike Mike Murphy was on the other day and he was talking about the debt levels and the the economy appears to be. By some numbers, the gross numbers is bumping along fine, Kevin. But the it seems like if you look at numbers under under the covers, the debt levels, some of those kinds of things, the, the recent layoffs, which we won't know about till next week, I guess, if they're going to be in the in the labor numbers. How do you how do you put those two together? I mean, I, I, I know one thing. When you one thing you can't do is if you're trading is for yourself or anybody else, you can't say, "Oh man, looks to me like there's a lot more layoffs than." Uh, than uh, most people think, or something, or we hear on TV. So, Kevin's got his account over here, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna short the market for Kevin. You, you can't have that kind of arrogance to think that just because you have an opinion, and all of a sudden an hour later the whole world's gonna have your opinion. Maybe, maybe you're right, but you might be a month early or a year early, right? I mean, but how do you, how do you, somehow bring this all together? I mean, these debt levels. Clearly, yesterday we talked a little bit about these consumer debt levels. Kevin, they're not sustainable. But but what does that even mean when they're not sustainable? I mean, is, is that I mean, people going to go under because of it? They're just going to not pay, or or the banks going to be? I mean, I, I have no idea how it ends. I, mean, I honestly don't. Well, from from the bank standpoint, I'd have to see what they were reserving for loan losses. Uh, so that that would tell us, you know, where they stand. Are they are they socking away enough money and taking it to the expense line uh, for? Um, you know, for likely loan losses, because uh, you know whether it's banks or other lenders who issue credit cards, they're going to get a lot of defaults. It it just can't help but happen. Um, the, the, with not with the balances that we have, not with people maxed out. Everybody is you know they're just one step away, one catastrophe away, one ex- big expense away from saying I can't pay my credit card. Uh, so and and I can't make the minimum payment. Either. So that's that's going to be a problem. Uh, we'd have to see what the uh, what the earnings statements look like for the banks. Then uh, on top of that, you know what else? Um, you know I don't know. Once people start defaulting, once people stop spending, it you know we're we're also one jolt away. Um, so we we've had um, we've had gas prices run up and run down. Um, you know 
if they spike back up over four bucks, you're going to see a huge economic slowdown. Um, not because people won't put gasoline in their car, but because we're, you know, just as we think we're getting supply chains back under control, we are instead going to start seeing surcharges uh, for shipping, and uh, that's going uh, to increase expenses for producers, and so you're going to start seeing product slowdowns, more price increases, you know, a anything, all of this is going to be in there, and that's just one event. You know, it just takes that one event that uh, that gives us the big spike. And by the way, you know, um, you know, two days ago, fuel prices here, I think 319 was a pretty standard gas price. I saw some stuff up yet last night that's in the 340s now. It, it so, went from 330 something to 370 something here last week too. Yeah. So you know, is that the spring changeover uh, and it's going to go back down, or is that or is something else going on? I don't know the answer to that. But it's not going to take much, um, just like in 2008, if you recall, um, not only did we have a lot of uh, balloon mortgages coming due, but early in the year, way before the credit market meltdown, we had a big run up in fuel prices, and all of a sudden we started to see a lot of, uh, a lot of economic slowdown, a lot of layoffs related to that, and so now when people had to refinance their homes, all of a sudden, they were out of work. That wasn't happening, and yeah. that you know, this this was a big snowball rolling down the hill. Uh, we aren't far from that again. All right, Kevin, we got to dash off to Carl. Good stuff, buddy. I'll talk at you this weekend. SP futures down one. Nasdaq futures up sixteen. We don't want to go right to Carl Ryan. Is he on the line? I am indeed. How are you, man? Did you ever get to ski? Oh yeah, no. We've uh, had two days of just absolutely beautiful weather. So, what was the uh, the tally on the blizzard? How many how many inches? Well, I don't know how much actually came down, but uh, essentially none of it got to be skied on because it was blowing seventy plus miles an hour. Oh, so we did not go up on the mountain that day. Needless to say, uh, I took a quick look at the webcams up there and was like, uh, I don't think so. You couldn't see anything. You couldn't, you couldn't even do the bottom half? Even the bottom half was bad? You couldn't see anything. I mean, literally nothing. Did you find your way to the bar? Well, yeah. So so that day, we decided that beer was the better discretion. And so we uh, we consumed that. And then, uh, But the last two days were just stunningly beautiful. Bluebird days, just, I, I would have liked more powder. But, you know, I, hey, who's, who's arguing? Yeah, no kidding. It's a... I'd like it a little more perfect. Nah, perfect is good enough, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so it's uh, no, it's been it's just been beautiful. They're they're a little light on the normal amount of snow up here this year. But the interesting thing is that a lot of times when you you know when you get that sort of a situation and you, know, you get a lot of people, uh, it gets pretty cruddy because you know people ski it, and when it warms up, it gets uh, you know it gets a little slushyish, and then of course it gets very cold overnight and it freezes and, and so you get kind of a cruddy surface and so it's not a lot of fun uh, that, that didn't happen this time so I I got nothing to complain about here at all well with the spring skiing we had a we, had, we went out one time uh, it was later in the year it was you know, spring skiing so we were at the Breckenridge that whole area and so we went to uh, Breckenridge and it was you know it was 60-ish right Couple of couple of slopes, you had to stay in one side because one side was grass. You know that was it was that bad. 
Well, the next day, then it snowed that night. The next day, it was like uh, it, during the morning, it started to get really cold. So we were at Vail in the in the back area. I won't say the back bowls. I'm not a bowl skier that that good. But all of a sudden, the the snow was soft, but the top levels started to freeze. Right. So when you're going through, the top part of your boots is or your shin was like breaking a level of ice, and the bottom was in the softer snow. It was really weird. It was really weird. Then the next day, we went to Copper. We never should have. It was like four below zero, and uh, you could have got the Zamboni out. It was all ice. <laughs> One of the guy's kids, you know those those big orange things where they say slow down? Oh, yeah. Well, he, he took the thing with him down. <laughs> no slowdown. But I mean, but literally, you, you could have been on. You might as well have been on a hockey rink. It was it. So we didn't ski very much that day. But just the difference from from sixty to snow transition to like five below in like three days. It's it, it you know it's different. That's why skiing is so much fun. Every day is different, really. Um, yeah, you don't really know what you're going to get. You know, and it's. Uh, I mean, this the the thing about where I like to go out here in Wolf Creek is that there's there's really no partying on the mountain. So the, you get a smaller crowd for one thing, because right? all the party hounds go somewhere else. Uh, but the other side of that is is that uh, you know where you crash is uh, you know, it's twenty miles away and it takes you half an hour to get there and get down. Uh, but the the base of the mountain is at like ten five. So if you're not okay with altitude, you got problems. Oh yeah, it's the same. Uh, Grand Targhee's like that. Jackson's like that kind of a little bit too. Yeah, and so it's, I mean, if you're not, you know, if you can't deal with the altitude issues that, you know, and, and some people have serious trouble with it. There was a guy down in the, in the uh, hotel lobby uh, yesterday who was, who was obviously not having a good time of it. Yeah, and it's a... Uh, he'd come out to ski, and he's, he was headed to the urgent care because he's down... Well, if you're if you're in a plane, you got trouble. oxygen at, at, that, at that level. Yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, it, some people have issues with it, some people don't. I mean, I, it takes me a couple of days to adapt. I mean, yeah, do I notice it? Of course I notice it. You know, I hike up in the parking lot to the ticket window and uh, say, hey, that was kind of tough. Uh, wait a minute, that's really not all that hard. Well, we went to Steamboat <laughs> one summer, and uh, this is when I was in about as good a shape as I could have been. And uh, we went to play handball, and uh, normally you could you could have a – handball is a pretty rough game. I mean, you could have a, a, a rally where you're hitting the ball 25 times, and I, I just walk up to the line, and I wasn't even, you know, I, I wasn't even breathing hard. Well, but we had a rest after just about every one of them there, and that's only 6,500 feet, let alone 10,000. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely different. Um, you sure know when you try when you drink too much and you try and sleep at 9,000 feet. Good luck yeah. with that. And, uh, anyway, yeah. uh, what uh, Kevin was talking about some shocks, and I was yeah. I was talking this week about. The uh, and yesterday uh, I, w- I had the graph chart, graph whatever you want to call it, of credit card uh, debt, and it, it's going parabolic. It's going straight up. I mean, I've never well, seen. Yeah. It. And uh, I just wonder what you know. I, I I don't know everybody's tax bill here in Chicago, but I've talked to a few people, and it's about a you know thirty forty percent kick from last year. And I'm in places that have gotten redone, I don't. I don't think it's the whole city, Carl. But I'm not that good at that. I don't know if it's, if it's just various townships in the city or whatever it is. But I don't see anybody uh, in, in one of these homes that has the. I mean, the person I'm talking about. I mean, it's a, the, the home's 80 years old. I mean, we're talking about every year. There's either a few new windows going in, or a furnace, or a roof, or something. And it, right. you know, the, the maintenance is becoming 
pretty damn much of a chore. I mean, it's not like a, a guy comes over down the block and throws a couple of window in for, windows in for a couple hundred bucks anymore. We're talking, you know, ten windows. They want like twenty five grand or something. It's oh, it's uh, yeah. no, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah, no, I mean, but some I, people that looked at having it done around me, and I was like, they want how much money? But but how does how does a city should know, even though they probably don't, because who knows what the guys they have working there and ladies. When, when you got when you got an average. What did we talk about about six months ago that the average person in this country cannot handle a $1,500 cash event? They, they have the wealth. They can put it on their credit card and those kinds of things. But most people do not have the capability of, of just writing a $1,500 check for a transmission repair or something, or certainly not 2500 I forget the number. It was 15 or 25 and But the city labs out these tax bills that they were 11 now they're 20 Where exactly do they think... What, in, in, in their mind, if they had a mind, what what percentage of the people they lob those things out to think are capable of saying, eh, what's the difference? I'll make it 20 instead of 11. I mean, I, they, they, they must have an idea, especially if you're elected in office, of, of how your people are doing. They, they must know they're not doing that well. I don't, know if they, I don't know if they can change anything, but at least they have an idea that this is going to go off like a stink bomb when it, when it lands in somebody's house. Did they, even have well, a, did they even have a clue? You know, I don't know that they do. I think one of the, the you know, I, I heard just part of the, you know, the end of your last segment. And, and the things that are going on with the tax base and how government got drunk on the COVID money. And I mean, seriously, you're talking about serious alcohol dependence here. Oh, yeah, I got it. We're out of doubt. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they, this, these these people may as well have been mainline care for the last you know, two or three years, and I don't I don't understand. You know, we haven't seen as much of it where I okay. Um, there were there was a couple of stupid things that the the county council did. I showed up at the at the commission heavily against them, and then. I'm sure I made a few enemies doing that because, of course, one of them was to give raises to all the cops. Well, you know, nobody ever likes to say anything bad about police, right? And, uh, you know, God forbid you do that in a government meeting. But, you know, I pointed out, I said, look, you know, you you have flush coffers right now because we're open and everybody around us, all the counties around us, they're closed. You know, you're going to Asheville, you want to go to Asheville, you want to have a beer? You can't have a beer. Because you, you you can buy the beer, but then you have to go sit outside. You can't sit in a pub and have a beer, because the county government there said, "Oh, you can't do that because of COVID." Well, you could do that where we were. Well, guess what? We, we guess who got all of their their business customers? You know, they came in. They wanted to rent a cabin in the woods for a week, or you know, go out and have some fun. Uh, well, we did, and but. As, as I pointed out to these guys when they were, you know, rolling over in laughter as to how much money they were making, I said, you know, this is going to end. And the people who would rather go to Asheville will go back to Asheville because they like Asheville. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're coming here not as their first choice. It's their second choice. I'm only in your bar because the bar across the street is closed. As soon as it opens again, I'm out of here. Well, you know, I mean, you, people like whatever vibe they like, right? It's like anything else. You know, you ask somebody, well, you know, why, why do you like that that particular you know, body shape in a woman? Because I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the same, same sort of thing. And, 
I, you know, I warned him. I said, "This is, this is well." Now all of a sudden, you know, the state of Tennessee is seeing budget shortfalls because, uh, gee, go figure. You know, everybody can go back to wherever they want to go. Uh, and then, of course, we had the stupidity in, in our state government at the state level. We we subsidized building uh, a a whole thing for Ford and their EVs near Memphis. Well. That went over like the lead. Yeah. Right, so not only, nobody wants those pieces of garbage. And uh, oops. Now the good news is they didn't get nearly as far into that project before it all went kaboom in their face as they could have. So I don't think the impact on the state budget is going to be as bad as it could have been, simply because that was only a year and a half, two years ago, and and you know at this point. Pretty much everybody is pulled back away from the old, you know, everybody's going to drive. Carol, Carol, what was the, what was the massive, uh, deal, I should remember this, uh, oh, brain dead. The, the massive deal, was it Foxcom up in Kenosha, it was going to be 90 bazillion people working, that thing yeah. blew up too, or, or, or it's totally been downsized, hasn't it? Well, it turned into basically a nothing, but what it was going to originally be was, uh, was a, a highly advanced, uh, factory that was going to make a lot of the stuff that currently is made over in China, and and uh, <laughs> the, the, the Wisconsin government got duped. Okay, of course you know this this is the problem with these programs. Nobody ever puts into these agreements penalty clauses that say that if you do not do what you said you were going to do for whatever reason, it doesn't matter what the reason is. You have to puke back up all of those subsidies that you got, and oh by the way, you have to post a performance bond, so you can't play games with corporate bankruptcy and get out of it. Well, who's going to give you the bond? Well, uh, that's not your problem. That's the company's problem. Okay, and and hey, will somebody do it? Will somebody write something like that? Well, of course, somebody. Who, who, write who's going to who's going to write somebody for something that big? Chief, you can syndicate anything in this economy. Come on, I mean, well, I, mean know, I, the, I know that uh, when when we used to, uh, you might not like the price. Well, when we used to do a, a railroad, we the dear departed Pullman. I, I, I speak about we like it was wasn't forty years ago. Uh, we always had to put down a performance bond uh, when we when we put out a bid. Right. A performance bond, we'd go to the uh, Continental Bank or somebody. I don't even know if we had to pay for it because they had they have not, not reneged on a contract in 140 years of the company. But how do you get that? What if you and I decide tomorrow we're going to make railroad cars? Who the hell is going to give us a performance bond? Well, I don't know, but you know the thing is is that any risk can be can be underwritten at some price. Oh well, yeah, right. I mean if I want to if I want to put up all the money, but I don't have the money, it's a problem. Well, I understand that, but I'm saying that, you know, I mean, that is always the case, that there is always somebody who will write that, will write that ticket, assuming that, you know, you can put up whatever the necessary, uh, you know, the necessary funds are in order to secure it. Before we go any further, explain to everybody uh, what exactly a performance bond is. It's, it's, it's the ability that you have, you have the wherewithal to complete and the, and the skill to do what you say you're going to do. If you're going to build railroad cars, you've got a plant that can build them, and you're going to deliver them. And by the way, they're going to work, right? That's right. right. And, and if you and, and the the whole premise behind these these sweetheart deals that states and local governments cut with corporations 
is that they give you a huge tax break, okay, which is bespoke, it's yours, nobody else gets this. And the reason they do it, and, and the reason it pencils out if you actually do what you say you're going to do, is that if I bring three or four or five or 10,000 100K a piece or better jobs into a community that didn't have them before, those people are going to spend that money and most of it's going to get spent locally. And therefore, every merchant is going to make more, right? And and not only that, but if I've got a state income tax, which Tennessee doesn't, but a lot of states do, I'm going to collect that state income tax on that income and I'm going to collect the property tax on their houses that they would otherwise not have bought because they would live there. Uh, you know, I mean, basically it's when you look at the at the totality of it, in theory, the way this works is that the state is actually going to have more revenue, and the county's going to have more revenue. They're not going to have less, although they gave you this break. They're going to have more revenue, and and so you know this is a good thing. And if it's done correctly, they not only get more revenue, they get more revenue than they get expenses. So you well, know, the, well, the problem yeah. comes. The comments come down is I've had this argument with people you know for forever. Problem goes down is when you look at a, a city or a place, whatever it is, an FBS city. Every, it's like the what was what was the what was the commercial or the poster about uh, what part of the human body should be boss? Oh yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, you look at a city like Chicago when I remember when it used to work. Okay, it's pretty hard to pick one piece out and said you're so special that you. You know that you don't get. Oh, no, I, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah. saying I agree with the policy. Okay, I think it's a horrible thing for them to do in the first place, and, and most of the time it ends up screwing. Well, you end up competing else. with other states because you think they're doing it, so you have to do it. Right, and it's well, it's the same sort of thing. You know, I used to have these these fights with the county commission when I lived in Florida all the time. I'd, I'd show up at, the, at some of their hearings as a result because you know they were doing property development and everything else, and and I had argued for a long time and still do. That when you have this kind of development going on, you have to charge impact fees for the enhancements in infrastructure that have to take place in order to support whatever it is you're bringing in. Now, the property taxes are supposed to cover the maintenance and the upkeep of that, but your property taxes are not supposed to pay for the new highway, it's supposed to pay for having it maintained and repaved every so often, right? Well, I mean, I, you can go, depending on how you, as long as there's some sort of common sense. Uh, Involved, Carl. I don't. I don't really mind that piece. In other words, if, if you and I were going to, uh, uh, you know, actually we're going off of railroad cars on the Rock Island, now, I haven't looked at them. But if you and I were going to, you know, it's a business I know, so I keep talking about it. I mean, if it was you and I'm with you, we're going to be some kind of a software or hardware thing. And when it comes to you know information era, not the car, rail car era, my my era. But uh, if we were going to go on the south side and say, hey, there's this boy, this factory hasn't been used in forever. Uh, it's got you know a rail siding near it. It's got this stuff. We're gonna buy this place, and we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna use our own money. And by the way, by we're gonna start by re, you know redoing buses. And ten years from now, we're gonna have three railroad contracts, and there's gonna be a thousand people working here. And I I'm not so sure I shouldn't be able to knock on the mayor's door and say, by the way, your, your rapid transit comes right by here, and with a thousand people working here. We could sure use a stop. I'm not so sure I'm not entitled to that. Uh, 
Why my yeah, people? I mean, it's, yeah, but that's, you know, that's the problem is that, like, you know, where I used to live near Destin, uh, you have a main drag that goes through the, through the town, and there isn't really any way to make it wider because it's already right up against the businesses on both sides, right? So there's, over time, there never was a reasonable setback of, oh, you know, hey, we ought to leave 100 feet here in case we have to put another two lanes in, right? <laughs> they didn't do that. So, uh, all right. So now you want to put up a whole bunch of condos where there weren't. Well, uh, excuse me, those are high rises. And when they've got people in them, what's that going to do to the traffic? What's it do to the electrical system load? What's it do to the Oh, you can't, you can't answer those kind of questions in Chicago. It's whole Lincoln Yards. There's a, there's a two-lane street, and they, half of it's a bike lane. There's no bus. There's no rapid transit. There's no nothing. The only way you, can, you could possibly serve the area is pave the river over because it goes right by the river. Right. Well, it's the same problem there, okay, and that there's there's just nowhere to do it, even if you wanted to do it. And so then the question becomes, well, and, and then, of course, you know, the, the screaming from the developers is, if you assess us an impact fee for the infrastructure improvements, we're not going to build them here. Right. All right. We're going to build them somewhere else, and we don't have to pay that. And, and my answer at some point becomes, um, okay. And guess what? The quality of life that you destroy by putting it here means that from my perspective as a resident, I would rather you build it somewhere else. Well, this whole <laughs> this whole fight with the uh, this South Loop area, which is vacant, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, the I mean, and I, every once in a while, I bring up the point because I happen to read this in a book. I've, I've, I've read several books on the development of Chicago and the rivers, and the, uh, you, you, can, you can certainly make the case that the history of Chicago is the history of water management because of the topography. That's, sure. that's been the problem since day one. Uh, and, and it's been dealt with in various things. Well, the, the, I keep saying, well, you know, whether you're putting a stadium or houses or whatever you're doing, somebody's got to pony up a lot of scratch because this area has no gas, no sewer, no water lines, no nothing. Right. And everybody keeps saying, ah, it's no big deal. No, 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 no it is a big deal. <laughs> it's, a, it's a real big deal. I think right. It's a it's a serious problem, right? And there's no streets. There's no. I mean, there's nothing. It's it's just a big hole in the middle of the city that that when you straighten the river out, they were going to fix, and every year they put it off for a year. Now it's like a hundred years, right? It's been right. put off. But yeah, I mean, I mean, even even Arlington Park, you know, where the Bears went, there was a right. there, there was a grandstand. The rest of the place, there's no water, there's no sewer, there's no anything. Well, and not only that, but the the infrastructure was was not there because it didn't need to be there. You had a you know you, you had a racetrack there. Okay. Yeah, you had, a, uh, you had sprinklers or something. That was about it. Yeah, and so I mean, there there really wasn't much that was necessary. Now all of a sudden there is. I you know I look at stuff like this and it's just like okay, well, um, how's this going to get paid for? And the answer is always, oh well, you know, it, it'll, it'll be fine. It'll, it, you know, the increased business will just be fine. And I just what I see now is that the distortions that we've put into the system, right? I mean, you can argue over whether, you know, certain things were necessary, should have been done, shouldn't have been done. I've, I've spilled an awful lot of digital ink on all of that over the last, you know, three, four years. But what you can't argue with is the consequences, and now they're here. And I don't have as much of an issue, we don't have all that much of it showing up in our area, um, except that the county commission... Uh, finally got a little bit wise with the Airbnb scam and started saying, they, they turned around and said, okay, guys, 
uh, those are commercial properties because that's what you're doing. You're running a business, renting out this house. So guess what? You get taxed at business rates. Well, that's about double the yeah. <laughs> property tax on a residence, right? And well, a bunch of the, the owners sued and went through the state system and the state came, the decision was, um, excuse me, business is business, residence is residence, that's not residence, it's business, have a nice day, you lose. So now the other counties are, are going to be doing it too, which is, it, it's about effing time, okay? Because the reality of it is, is they place a tremendously larger load on facilities and infrastructure, uh, you know, police, fire. I mean, when I lived, when I lived down in Northwest Florida, it, it, I looked at some of the statistics. We had 80% of the service calls of the sheriff's office were from people that didn't actually live there. Really? Uh, I, uh, well, the late, the uh, girl downstairs in the garden department, this has been, we've had three people since then, which absolute sweetheart lady uh, that I knew from downtown here, actually. Uh, anyway, she she did that for a little while and put, you know, put the locks on and fixed the place up right. for it and stuff. And I'm going to say she had 10, 10 people, maybe, that she did the weekends. Then when she found out that the city was coming after him, she goes, you know, I'm not going to... I'm not going to get you guys in trouble, and she stopped doing it. I, I didn't even have to ask her. I mean, that's you know, that's the kind of person she is. You know, I, n- I never even knew when she was at the boyfriend's house for the week. I never even knew anybody was there. They literally yeah. they came in for a weekend. They must have gone to two Cub games. They must have come in and just slept there, went out to breakfast. They didn't cook there, didn't do anything. I never even knew they were there. The, the, the thought of a police call never even they, – they were – the quietest, nicest people I've ever. I never even. I never met them. I just assumed they must have been. I. I never. I never even. They, they didn't. They didn't make a sound. Well, you know, I mean, it just depends. You know, I mean, obviously, you can't. Uh, you, know, yeah. you can't generalize to every every individual person, right? But the, the the reality of it is that that's what it is. And in and in counties away from big cities, so when you're in a, you know, I, I wouldn't call the Destin area rural because it isn't, but. When you're away from the large city infrastructure, uh, the the way the statistics work is that the sheriff's department typically consumes all of the ad valorem property taxes. Okay. Okay. So so if you if you let people do this and build this stuff up and you don't tax them appropriately, you're screwing every person that actually lives there. Well, there's there's no question that. Is I mean, I, my whole thing with the income tax stuff and you know people moving stuff overseas and not paying it is I'm getting you know you can go into some esoteric story about if it's not illegal then it's legal and it's just having a good tax accountant you know what you know, I've, I've reached the point where anytime somebody screws with the thing and pays less guess what I pay more and I'm and I've had it right <laughs> and I've had it it's, it's it's as simple as that if everybody paid their fair share I'm more than willing you know I, just, I mean that's why this you know the covid money I mean there's there's people that uh you know every price is up on this stuff I can't believe the property tax increases here that people are getting uh I don't know, talk about I, that's going to have to go on credit cards most places I don't see people having but the uh but the, the amount of money that the people who have been the benefactors of this have, I mean, you go into some of these restaurants and bars and the prices they're charging, the places are full, Carl. I mean, it's not... Oh, I, I, oh, I know. I mean, it's not like the restaurant that had their... That, that was able to stay sort of open or had the thing outside or had the carry-out. 
they still got the way their laws were written. Matter of fact, whoever, whoever got the PPP money or what was the other stuff, the employee something something tax retention oh, that thing. Was that, that would I mean, be it was like a, a restaurant person. I, I never read laws. I read that one because um, I want to see if we could participate. Turns out we didn't. Uh, it, it, it was was written by a restaurant person. How how is it that uh, if if you got a five stool bar and the bar got closed down, but the rest of the place was wide open, you had your best year ever. Every you, the, the government paid for everybody's paycheck for a whole year. Yeah, and then, yeah. I mean we're well, talking about guys getting half a million dollar checks that never closed, or or the, the best was the was the garbage companies, the waste oh, management. Chief, that, yeah, chief, the worst the worst of these programs and the worst abuse, and the one that I I was absolutely livid when I found it, and it was and the advertising for companies that were out there that were were showing people how to exploit this. Okay, was over the, it was off the rack. Oh, that was the uh, employee uh, something discount or the employee this retention was, credit, ERC. No, this one was even worse. They they had there was a program during COVID that allowed businesses to to essentially keep the FICA and Medicare tax money. Or you, could, or you could get a check. That was the employee return. Well, no, employee. the employee, but the employee, well, they got to keep it. But here's the thing. Yeah. The employee still got credited for the deposit that never happened. Well, or, it, right. it either did that or they sent you a check. Right. But, that, well, I mean, it's it's money is fungible, right? Right. So, but the thing is, is that the, the, the essence of this was that if that you're working, paid your employer, that was the essence of it. Yeah, they, they they paid people to retain employees. Whether had, whether or not you, you retained them or not, although you had to lie about that, or right. or whether you, you still had a business and you paid them. You, you got paid for paying them. Well, yeah, there was, and, and the thing is, is you were getting paid even though nothing from your operational perspective changed. Well, that's why the, the, the listeners were all outraged about the garbage companies. You yeah, still, well, I mean, you yeah, still picked up the garbage, garbage guys, right? Yeah, the garbage guy still has to come pick up the trash. And he right? said he never he, he never missed a day of work, and the place right. never missed a, che- a check from Naperville or wherever. Anyway, SP right. futures up a buck seventy five. Nasdaq futures up twenty. So we come back, we talk to Carl about the market. We're going to talk about Jim Cramer's big statement last night. He was the economy is better than it ever has been. We got AI by our back. It's never been better. Carl, there you go. That's, we'll be right back. Stacks and jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. 
Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, Give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3450. That's 708-349-3456 or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Interested in promoting your business to a high-end audience comprised of entrepreneurs, traders, executives, and the everyday business person? Consider advertising on Stocks and Jocks. With a devout listenership covering the Chicago market along with a vast online presence, advertising on Stocks and Jocks may be just what it takes to put your business over the top. For more information, contact me, Matt Weber, at matt at stocksandjocks.net. That's matt at stocksandjocks.net. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. Right now. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms? Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howard, right on the board. SP Futures unchanged, unchanged. SP Futures up 14. Now Futures down 27. So we've been we've been kind of stuck here for a couple days. I mean, we made a new uh, record on the Nasdaq yesterday. It was just, I mean, we had a slow day. I mean, I... Premium sellers, uh, finally, for a while, it's a premium sellers. Maybe we haven't had one of those in like a really long time. Uh, Renasia, kneecap 744, just shy of 40,000. That's up almost 2%. As the Japanese like the idea that they're putting money in there and the market's running up, why not? Hang Seng up 78, uh, 16,589, trying to get back to 17,000. Shanghai up 11.3%, 3,027. Uh, over in Europe, we were bullish there as well. We still are. Dax up 89, 50.5. What's he up 46.6? Cac around up four. Call that flat. Yesterday's wave review as a snoozer. Now up 47. Uh, S&P up 26. Nasdaq up 144. It was it was just slow, but crap, a slow creep. Uh, bonds up two basis points, 4.27. The Bund up five basis points, 2.45. Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.72. We got oil. Of a buck 53, 79, 79, might, might touch 80 here today, we'll see. Right up a buck 46, 83.37, natural gas down 2 cents, 184. We've got the US dollar uh, virtually unchanged against the euro again, 108, right where we're at. British pound, same thing, 126 and change. Uh, we've got gold making a move again today, 2060, it's up 560, we'll see if it makes it to 2100. Some people are 
predicting it's going up. They're always predicting it's going up, but it hasn't gone anywhere for a while. Silver so unchanged, 22.88. We've got Bitcoin, which has been on a huge tear. A little bit of a tear today. I'm 372, 62,527. What do you got for us, Trevor Weather Sports? Right. Hello, everybody. Uh, well, as I was so, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? Ah, yes, I was informed that uh, Notre Dame beat the Virginia Tech Hokies in women's basketball, 71-58. to The guys are lousy, so we're putting our hopes on our girls. Yeah. Uh, oh, also, uh, weather news. Uh, in Chicago, it is currently above freezing at 33 degrees Fahrenheit with a later high of 46. And in Phoenix, it is currently 53 degrees with a high of 80 later on with mostly cloudy skies. Uh, excuse me, mostly sunny skies. That's way better, Tom. Yes. That's far better than what I said. We should be down there watching some baseball games. Honestly, you're absolutely right. Uh, in regards to Chicago traffic, we got the inbound Kennedy from O'Hare to I-290 interchange, looking at about 31-minute travel time. Inbound Edens, uh, 29 minutes. Inbound I-290 from Thorndale to I-9094, a.k.a. the Kennedy, looking at 42 minutes. Inbound Dan Ryan Express, uh, again to the Jane Byrne Interchange, also looking at 22 minutes. And the inbound Stevenson from I-355 to the Dan Ryan, looking at about 37 minutes of travel time. What do you think about that, Tom? I think uh, probably come to work. Friday's the Thursday's the Friday. Friday's always light these days. You know what? You're absolutely right. I most certainly have noticed that. All the bars downtown are way more crowded on Thursday than they are on Friday. So, Carl, uh, a big, big question for you. This is the... One of the listeners and I, uh, since obviously I've been managed money for some of the listeners, um, when you when you see cross currents and you see things, you see you know guys like Kramer coming out and saying everything is perfect, uh, and that you and I look at stuff and we say it doesn't look so perfect necessarily, uh, and, and you see something has to happen with this consumer debt; it can't keep growing at this rate. Then you see something I noticed this week: the property stuff comes up. Well, that's some of those increases are going to up on a credit card because most people don't have three, four, five, six, eight grand to just write a check with. Oh, oh, the, no, the bad news with those is that if you have a mortgage, of course, 90% of people have a mortgage that's on your escrow, right? Yep. So, so, what, so what's going to happen is that you're not going to see it, you're not going to see the impact in the economy of that for another six to 12 months. And that because what happens is your escrow account get, is deficient. When it comes back to review, and then the bank turns around and says, "Oh, by the way, you need to fork up a five thousand dollar check plus your payment is now plus two hundred bucks." Right. Oh, no doubt. And right. same thing with you know if you if you end up with a roof or you end up with a transmission or whatever it is. But you know it, the thing of it is one 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 thing I I surely have learned is I can't look at a or even you know with my consigliere's you and uh, the rest of the gang. I know I can't look at uh, consumer debt and go, well, that's not sustainable. Let me short Microsoft like this minute. The world will read the same thing I did, and I'll be right today. No, you can't be that arrogant. The question is one of, of timing. When I, when I well, start, always, well, always, yeah. But sometime, when I got a, a, a picture of the other way timing, when I got in the business, I can't remember if it was December of 80 or January of 81, somewhere back there. You, you can lose your timing. Uh, we're talking 800, 800 on the Dow. Interest rates are 12%. The market was so heavy, Carl. When I say heavy, what does the chief means when they say heavy? Heavy is, if you're trading and you see, uh, 
IBM, well, now it's 185. Say it was 100, and you see uh, 10,000, sh- and say it's 100 to 108, and you see 10,000 shares go off at 108, then 300 at 100, 300 at 99 and 7 eighths, and 300 at 99 and 3 quarters, you go, wait a minute. 10,000 10, to buy didn't move the thing a spit, and yet 800 to sell just dropped at a quarter. That's heavy. That's, that's, that's what you mean by heavy. Right. Uh, where the whole world is on the offer and nobody wants to bid. Uh, but I mean, if, but yet it was August of 82 before things turned around. It was a solid year and two-thirds. I mean, I was a year and two-thirds early. I would bet, Carl, if we went to some library, maybe where Milton Friedman did his research, and we were to take a look at the, uh, 19, the late 1920s, you and I would have spotted danger signals in late 2027, certainly early 2028, and yet it didn't happen until October of 29. I mean, the well, yeah, it was another year and a half. Well, same thing happened in in you know the 19 late 1990s. Yeah, the 2000s. I mean, everybody knew those yeah. those companies were sh- were shams, and yet it was a solid. God, if you ever oh, shorted one, you get carried out. Well, yeah. I mean, I was uh, you know I my tra- my transaction for MCS closed in, in late 98. And I watched all through 99, everybody and their brother was laughing at me because I wasn't, I didn't take all of that and immediately buy stock with it. Okay, in, in every other company, of course. Yeah, oh yeah, course, yeah. You know, we were privately held, so, you know, I couldn't buy my own stock. Uh, but no, I didn't, you know, I didn't do that. And uh, I'm like, yeah, be kidding me. I mean, how, how many of these, you know, quarterly reports have you read? You, you read any of these 10Qs and, and uh, you know, 10Ks? I mean, are you out of your mind? You're buying at this valuation? You're yeah. insane. And, 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 of course, you know, everybody laughed at me for a year, and then guess who got to laugh at them? Uh, but you got the same kind of dynamic going on right now. The difference today is that, you know, in, in 1999 and in 1998, 99, and the first, you know, couple months of 2000, uh, it was one specific sector in the economy. And it was, you know, it was all the crazy tech proponents that were saying we were going to have you know, everything was milk and honey you weren't going to actually have to do any work anymore, the internet was going to solve all problems okay. well that was that was false sort of like, sort of like AI and, and, and cloud in China um, yeah, and then well, and then of course you know the housing mess uh, someone I knew down where I lived in Florida that had bought five houses, all of them stated income lied to get all of them all right um they were all teaser rates they reset and of course he couldn't make the payments oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay and it, it, the entire thing went kaboom in his face well he wasn't the only one it was that was you know what blew up everything right so you know we saw that one coming and you know and that happened and we got a little bit of a preview on that but it was it was funny because in in 2007 uh, when I started writing my blog, what tr- what triggered me enough to get me to do it was when Washington Mutual was paying dividends. They were, they were paying, a, I think it was 53 cents a share. Uh, and it was, they didn't have 53 cents a share worth of operating income. It was all coming from capitalized negative amortization. Okay, so they actually didn't have enough operating income to pay the dividend that they were paying. That's always, and, a, that's always a dangerous sign. Well, and I saw that in the, you know, the quarterly report and said, you can't keep doing this. You're going to run out of money. <laughs> okay. Uh, and, and 
but ultimately they did exactly that. They ran on money and they blew up. But what we're seeing now is, I think, even more pervasive and insidious because it's everywhere. It's not in one segment of the economy. It is, it is especially infecting the, the consumer area right now in the credit area, particularly with credit cards, which means, and, and if you think about it, it makes sense that it's showing up there because you can't go and refi your house and take cash out anymore, right? Because rates are much higher than they were. Everybody who could and had a brain in their head uh, you know, rolled their mortgage down to 2.5% a few years ago. Well, okay, that's locked up the residential market. So the only people who are going to be buying anything or selling anything are, you know, if you, if you take a $300,000 house in one place or a $300,000 house in another, your payment doubles because the rate's gone up so much. Well, what you're saying, and Audrey and Nancy talk about it every Monday, even though we've been off like half the Mondays, is, uh, you know, Audrey will have a, uh, a group that has a house in Chicago, a couple maybe, that doesn't want to be in Chicago. I mean, not not all are like that. So they'll sell their place for, you know, a lot of dough because because now they're one of the few right. that are on the market, and they'll buy a townhouse somewhere else for like a lot of dough. But they're they're sort of it's not funny money; it's real money. But it, it almost seems like funny money to them. They would no more be buying a three hundred fifty thousand townhouse if they if they had to pony it up than the man in the moon. Yet because they're getting three forty from their place, it's just a trade. Right, it's, it doesn't matter. Right, well, that's well, yeah. and that's the thing is that the, if, if there's if it's a cash transaction, and I and I've pointed this out to people for a very long time, and I always get scoffed at. It's absolutely true. If I own my house free and clear, and and so I'm just paying the property taxes and the utilities, and everything, uh, and and I go to sell that, and it's a, and we've got a bubble going on, and and I get five hundred thousand dollars for the place. It's not worth. In any kind of objective market, 500 grand. But that's what they're selling for today. So I get 500. Uh, I still got to live somewhere. Yeah. Well, if there's a bubble going on, the place that I buy to replace it is going to cost 500 too. You just got to make sure you don't own two at the same time. That's a lot of people well, did in, in 2007. Right. And then, well, then you can get burned because if the bottom falls out, you're screwed. Yeah. Right? So, but if I make that kind of a lateral move, I don't make any money. I don't lose any money. I don't make any money. No. Well, you're like the, uh, you're, you're sort of like, although it is changing industries, the lady from, uh, or her husband, or her dad, I think, Carl, was it, was it, was it Las Vegas Sands? Um, she, she spent, sold the two billion worth of stock and bought the two billion dollars piece in, uh, Cuban's team? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it, that's, that's. It's the same sort of thing. Kind of, but, but the only, the only difference there is, I, I think, you now again, I'll take this to the bank. I think when her dad died, she got the uh, the move up on the stock price, so nobody has, well, nobody, ever, nobody ever has to pay tax on that, which is really well. No, you get step, yeah, you get stepped up basis. I mean, you know, if I if I kick it tomorrow, okay, you know, I mean, uh, my daughter gets a stepped up basis on my stuff, right? Which, <laughs> which is which is, in, I mean, I'd I'd love to see her participate in that, but it's insane. Well, but uh, it, but the the point being, I can't right. profit from it. If I die, uh, I get eaten by worms. I don't get anything out of that. But if, right? if you were, if you were in Las Vegas hands, and all of a sudden you were worth, the stock was worth two bill, and the daughter says, "I'd much rather be on TV at a Mark Cuban game." What's the difference? I'm taking the two billion out of here and put it over there. I, right. it's it, it's not like 
she had to work at McDonald's to make two billion, which would take about ninety zillion lifetimes, right? Well, but here's the here's the other side of it, though, too. If if I own my home free and clear, and today I could sell it for say six hundred thousand dollars, right? But there's a there's a crash, and then it's only I can only sell it for three hundred. I you people would scream bloody murder, but if they don't have a note on that property and they want to move, the new place is three hundred. Yeah. And so they've lost nothing. Okay. Well, you did. So, you could have. You could have sold it a well, month before the crash, and then buy two houses. Ex- except that, where are you going to live during that? Time? Well, I, I get it, but okay. I'm saying well, well, listen, they do. Well, you do have motels down there. Not that, you know, oh, I, 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 I get that. Okay, and here's the thing. But that's exactly the same thing as buying and selling a stock, right? I mean, if you, you know, eh. you short, you short something at six hundred, and then you know. The difference is, is that even though your house is your single most people it's their single biggest investment it's also a consumption good it's the only one that's that's clouded like that i have always i have always argued that the only sane way to treat your primary residences is a consumer durable yeah i mean you're you're not gonna i mean this is this is not a sexist remark it isn't uh if if you buy a place for 300 and there's some big run-up like in 2007 and it's 900 and you say to the wife you know this is nuts <laughs> this is a bubble that we better we better sell this place we're going to rent some place for a year and I guarantee you or my chart says we're going to crash in a year from now we're going to come buy our own house back for 500,000 I think you're going to get the cast iron skillet upside the head I, I, I just get the feeling uh, probably but you know what? But the thing, the thing of it is, is that if you treat your house as a consumer durable instead of a quote-unquote investment, but it's both. It, no matter how you treat it, it's both. Well, but okay. But here's the reality: the only reason it is allegedly both is because of the stupidity that we've had over the last thirty or forty years. Right. You look, you look at at how this has historically been throughout time. It is a consumer durable good. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't be something that runs up and down. Twenty and twenty-five percent every decade. That's that's the Fed Fed at work. It it absolutely should not be. Well, it's also the mania and the stupidity of, of crowds too, right. which is nothing new, right? So, but here we are, and the thing is, is that we're in a place right now where the tank is running on fumes, and we now have everybody taking on even though you don't really see it in the economy, we have everyone is taking on additional leverage in order to maintain a lifestyle that they cannot afford. Well, if, if you were to go back to it, one of these days, Carl, if I continue my cleaning in the office, I might find it. It was a very well-written article. I've mentioned this a few times on the air. Uh, I'm going to say early 2007. And, of course, you know, I, a lot of the people I hang with are in real estate business. I looked at this thing, and I had a feeling that these prices were getting a little too high, but, I, you know, unless you get down to the, to the nitty-gritty, I mean, you know, that's the way I am, and I think that's the way you are. Unless I get down and really see the numbers stuck in front of me, or I, I don't calculate them myself, I never, you don't really get a feel of how good or bad or whether you're, whether you're right or wrong when you're talking, right? So this guy went through it for me, so I didn't have to. And he said, okay, the, uh, the median price is 235 so if you buy one there, and the rates were probably, what, six, six and a quarter? They were about kind of where they are here. Now, and uh, they weren't real low and they weren't real high. So he says, okay, if somebody gives you or you saved up or your parents, you know, dropped this on your noggin, 
the 20% down, which is what, 47. Uh, you put that down and you get a mortgage at whatever you're left, which is what, 85, 185 or something. With your taxes, with your insurance, you need 85 grand a year to get that mortgage. It's if somebody gives you the 20% down. Right. So, and then they went on to say, okay, now what percentage of society, now we're talking about one person, you always talk about how, you know, the slippage in the last 30 years was the other person had to go to work. Uh, right. And that's how people have somehow uh, met with this, but with all the ancillary other problems that you need child care, or you don't, and your kids are idiots because nobody's around, or something. There's always there's always costs of something, right? But, but, but let's forget about that for a second. And so they said, okay, and he went through the city of Chicago, and he said, all right, if you work in any kind of food industry, you make 20 to 25. You know, not if, if you're a head chef somewhere, probably more, but if you're just a regular person, he said if you're just somebody sitting in a cubicle in the Sears Tower or someplace, you probably make 45 to 50. And if you work in a hospital, not a doctor, but some higher-end person either doing tests for people or or actually, you know, testing blood or doing something, something, Right. You're probably in the 65 to 70 range. So basically, 15% of the people made more than the 85 grand that you needed to carry that house if somebody gave you the down payment. And the guy said, right. this, this is not healthy and it's not sustainable. And of course, my people in the real estate business said, I'm out of my mind. Prices are going up. Somehow people are doing it. Now, granted, a lot of houses at two-income family, which kind of screws the thing up. But I'm going to say, if you look at the average numbers now, the house, which is what, 406, 410, and we're back to the same rate. Uh, I'm going to say now, in, in some, if somebody gave you the 80 grand to put down, we're now talking 320 instead of 185, so that's at least it's 70% more. So that means the average person who own, owns that house has to be making 150, 145. And I'm going to say, what percentage of people in a society right now? Make 145 grand a year, and I'm going to say it's got to be less than 15 percent. Well, and that's you know that's one of the things that I that I have pointed out. One of the, in in my area in particular, there's an awful lot of places out there that are you know for five hundred thousand dollars. All right. Well, uh, you show me the jobs that make 150 a year though. Yeah, if it's 500. It's more. It's probably 175 a year. Well, but I'm just saying there. Well, you could have two. You have two people working that each make eighty-five. I mean, you you could do that, but like when when Nancy, oh well, yeah, yeah, if one of you gets fired, what happens? Well, then you got a problem. Neither one can carry it. But like what right. Nancy says is, you don't don't assume. You know, the, the, the people like us, like Audrey will say, people want a house in absolute move-in condition. Now, right. if if, you, if you're just you know some old fart, you might say, ah, those kids don't know how to use appliers or something. They don't want to do anything themselves. Blah blah blah. They're just lazy. Maybe that's true. But Nancy will yeah, say, all, it's got to be moving condition because they don't have any money to repair anything when they get in there. Yep. I mean, it's, it's not just they're lazy kids. You can't, you can't just say that. She goes, the, the roof better be inspected right because guess what? If they need one, they don't have it. Right? Yeah. Well, I, there you go. I mean, and, and that's the thing is, and... <laughs> The, the the whole the whole problem with treating a house as an appreciating asset instead of a consumer durable good is that if it's treated as a consumer durable good, it's like your car. You know you're going to have to do maintenance on your car, right? Yeah. The tires wear out. The brakes wear out. The you know you, I mean 
leave aside your transmission blows up, okay, which of course can happen, but leave that one aside. The, the ordinary stuff that everybody knows they're going to have to do. All right, in a house, the roof wears out. All right, the water heater eventually has to be replaced. The HVAC system eventually has to be replaced. Does it have a fair, do all of those have a fairly long service life? Well, yeah, they do, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. However, in intelligent, if you look at things as a consumer durable good, then you should be have you should have a sinking fund for your roof that you put one twentieth of the cost of a roof into it every year, and in twenty years you buy the roof with it. Oh, without a doubt, whether it's a but that no, but but chief, nobody does that. Well, okay, I, I know. I owned a restaurant, and we had a real cold snap. The, the whatever they call it, the something something river it wasn't a river. It was a whatever they call the cold snap, and some. Some line happened to be outside for a few feet, and and uh, anyway, it was like five grand to fix. And they said, it froze, yeah." And he basically took away their whole month. I said, "It's some don't don't you guys if your if your rent and you know all this stuff is on you, if your rent is ten grand a month, don't you put like two grand somewhere else, knowing that that if you if you if you grow budget for something if if, you, if you're that close to the nut every month where you're making just a little bit or not, you know, hoping to get things get better going forward. If, if you can't afford that, that eleven hundred, that fifteen hundred, two thousand aside, because you know something's going to happen, it's going to be a dishwasher, it's going to be something. How do you, how do you, how do you, how are you going to pay for it? I mean, well, like you say, normal maintenance is normal maintenance. Right. It, well, it, but the answer today is you whip out the credit card, right? Well, yeah. All right. I mean, I. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're, you're di- we don't have a couple minutes. We're dodging. We're dodging the issue. We we we, we see the stresses. All right. Uh, I, I will. I will say this: You're not going to get through the year. You think so? I is it? I, what what, what yeah. you put a chance on? Uh, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to ask you to agree with Janet Yellen, but uh, what's the problem? Wages are coming up. They're going to catch up. There's no problem. I well, I, th- I give that about a ten percent chance, but we'll, yeah. I mean that's just because I don't really maybe I don't like her personally, but uh, is 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 it really ten percent or could it be thirty or forty? Could it happen? It's not going to happen. It can't. The the imbalances. Look, so you have. It's not that wages come up. Labor is the largest cost center in virtually every enterprise. It was close to ours that we were in a technology business where we were buying hardware hand over fist to meet increasing demand and you know the changes as techno went on. We still, I mean, it was, it was, okay, it was the second largest expense item on our, on our cash flow statement. Right? I mean, it, it, you, where do you think that goes? It goes into price. Well, yeah, but I, I mean, I, the, we also talk about concentrated in, industries. You know what? If I'm paying twenty eight bucks for for a plate of pasta that I can make for three bucks, I hope the cook isn't making minimum wage, Carl. I mean, I really hope. That. Well, well, I know, and maybe he is, and maybe he's not, right? But I don't see how this this imbalance was driven has always the last you know every, since two thousand. Every time there's been a problem, the answer is put more credit in the system. Oh yeah, that's always been the answer, right? The problem is is that this is an exponential series, and when COVID hit. That that ex- we got into the the part of that exponential series where it goes vertical. Well, it did, and now everyone's trying to say, "Oh no, that's really not what happened." Well, of course it's what happened. All you got to do is look at the chart, 
and and now tell me how you stop doing that without collapsing everything that was built on this house of cards. I don't see how you can do it, and I don't see how we get through the year because the problem we have right now is that as Treasury continues to roll their older issues, which were at a much lower rate, today's rates are not lower. <laughs> and, and why would I, as an investor, why wouldn't I park my money in short-term T-bills at five and a quarter with zero risk? I mean, let's face it, if Treasury somehow can't pay, I don't need money anymore. I need guns, okay, because everybody's going to try to eat me. We're not talking about an economy anymore. We're now talking about the collapse of social order. I don't, you know, you can't take a bet on that. There's no way to win that bet. And if you win, the other guy can't pay. So it doesn't matter. But from a standpoint of why do I want to be in something that's supported by thin air, I got companies like NVIDIA that are, are putting investments into their customers who then turn around and buy their own materials. Okay, that's the kind of nonsense are you, are you, uh, that's going on 98, we, 99. We've both uh, seen people talk about that. If if I don't, I don't even want to. I don't have a problem Chief, with they you. They did that in 98, 99. It I, blew I, up in everybody's face. I, 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 I know it. I'm just saying I, the amount of investors that I know and have. I I'm very nervous about Nvidia. But tell I, me whenever that. Wh- tell uh, me when that sort of strategy has ever uh, worked out long term. Like I said, I'm I'm, I'm very nervous because one of my best friends worked at Miniscribe, <laughs> and my favorite broker uh, at the time. Yep. Uh, he had all his people in Miniscribe. I know where this could go, but I I sure I don't I don't know enough just because I saw a couple of podcasts where the guy sure looked like they they did some research, but you know who knows. Uh, I sure hope it's not happening, Carl, because that I don't trust that CEO. But but I can't I can't use, you know, the show and and say I know this is true. I mean, I, we 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 both I think have suspicions about the company. Is that a fair well, statement? I don't, uh, well, well, look, I, I is is it legal for me to fund your own? You, is it I, legal for you to fund your own uh, is it back, backlog and then, and then tell people it's a backlog? If it isn't illegal, it sure as hell is immoral. Well, is it illegal for me to fund? Of my customers, and the answer is no, it's not. But well, is it sustainable? No. Well, pe- people always fund their customers. Well, I understand that. I'm saying it. There's nothing against the law doing it. But when you start driving the hype, and, and Nvidia is not the one driving the hype. It's all the people in the market buying a dang stock. Okay. I think. I mean, run. We got. We got a dash. Here's. Here's where I think on, on, on a, on a numbers level, it might. It might be different. Uh, if, if if I own a plumbing supply store and somebody's putting up eight houses and I've done business with Carl the plumber forever and for whatever reason the the guy putting up the houses says you gotta I'm only gonna pay you a little bit you have to you have to front the money for the pipe or whatever right uh that happens I don't know if it happens as much as it used to because I that 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 contractor better be pretty good because I'd be willing to to front my labor, I'm not so sure I'm going to front the supplies. But but say I say I'm going to, and you come to me, who is the plumbing supply guy, and I've been doing business with you forever. I'm not I'm not loan I'm loaning you the dough, right? Well, and and if your credit's good, you're going to end up eating this stuff and not the contractor. And if I think you can handle it, I'm going to loan that to you. But it's not the same as what peop, other people are accusing Nvidia of doing. 
they're saying they're they're loaning people money to to put down a deposit on on the plumbing company's uh, what do you call it? sales future sales. That's a lot different, I think. I mean, that, that's way that's that's bad. The other story A is not bad. It happens all the time. Story B to fund your own backlog to make it look like you you know you've got this massive company going on forever. I I think that's totally wrong if that's happening. Well, and I don't know if it is. I don't either. I mean, I know what I'm I hope seeing. it isn't. Uh, well, I know what I'm seeing, but I but I'll tell you what, the other thing that I that appears to be factual as well is that there's a bunch of these products that are not supposed to be available in China that are. Well, that that I don't trust that guy at all on that. Well, and I sure as hell don't trust either administration whoever gets in to spank if it, if, if it is. No, I don't either. And, but you know what? This is all. It, this is what happens when you have credit-driven bubbles. People yep. get high on their own supply, and it works until it doesn't. And as long as it works, everybody makes money, or so you think. But until you sell those shares, you don't have a single penny in the bank. Carl, we got a dash. But as a guy who was putting together the estimate for when Wheelbrader Fry bought Pullman, and the estimate for the Pullman freight division, because they had such a huge backlog, was to have a billion dollars worth of business the next year. And during the time I was putting it together, me and a few other people, not just me, I was not the major domo at all in those days, uh, ITEL went out of business and they were 90% of the backlog. Yep. And the guys, I mean, I mean, 90%, (laughs) that that has to be a record. (laughs) They were the entire backlog. And they just said, oops, we're out. See you guys. (laughs) Pullman Freight was out of business in six months. A long long way from a billion dollar company. Carl, thank you very much, buddy. Talk to you on Tuesday. Uh, SP Futures down 250, NASDAQ Futures down 50. Looks like another day to be. Maybe a snoozer. We'll see. Back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. Hear ye, hear ye. The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. Dax Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. That's all, folks.